0: Sally Ponzio lost her 26-year-old son, Travis Stewart, to overdose in 2016. Six months later, she says she had a visitation from him while driving in her car, and the words to the song, Remember Me, simply came to her. This podcast is about how that song is now touching the lives of many. On this podcast, my guests are Sally Ponzio, her music composer brother, Frank Ponzio, and singer-songwriter, Eleanor Dubinsky. Together, they helped make Remember Me a reality. Well, I really want to thank Sally and Frank and Eleanor for joining me today. Sally, what I'd like to start off with is talking about Travis. You lost Travis at the age of 26 to overdose. Tell me a little bit about him.
1: You know, I was a little nervous about this question because it's so hard to do somebody justice. um, And I'm sure you get this. With your daughter, Emily, Um, it's very hard to talk about and do them justice in a couple minutes, but I'll try to not leave something out uh, as far as his personality went. But Travis was a communicator. Um, Travis loved to communicate and he liked to manipulate (laughs) and he was good at it. He uh, used words. Um, He was advanced for his age all the time. Even when he was a young boy, he didn't start talking until he could talk in complete sentences. And um, he was playing chess with you all the time. That's how smart he was. So if you thought you were having a conversation and if you were trying to make a point, he already knew three steps ahead where he wanted you to go and what was gonna happen and how the outcome was going to be. Uh, Just a very, very smart boy. Um, But he also had a big heart that went along with it. He always, um, if somebody with school was being bullied, Travis was tall and bigger size for his age, so he would step in. Uh, That would get him in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Sometimes he didn't do it. like the school would have liked him to. So he found himself in uh, a little turmoil during the you know teenage years. But um, he always knew how to make money. And he would sell things um, before vaping started. He was buying vapes from um, doing things on eBay and selling things on eBay. And vapes was one of them. And then the shops opened up. But he always was finding an angle and he always knew how to make money. He always was ambitious. Um, He was fun and funny. If he walked into the room, the room lit up Um, with his personality. He loved animals. Uh, I could go on and on about him, but uh, it's hard to explain somebody. (laughs) And he was musical. Well, that was the big thing, is Travis was great at communicating. And the way he communicated a lot of times was through music. So he always listened to music. He didn't play music except for younger when he played a violin. But he would talk in um, words that he heard from a song. So he knew all the words. He didn't just know the songs. He knew the meaning behind the songs, why the person wrote the songs. And I used to always kid him and say, Write a song. I mean, you're so good at this. Write a song, you know. And it was just something we kidded about a lot.
0: Now, you lost Travis in 2016, a couple of years before I lost my Emily. And I, I imagine even at that time, I, I think the stigma is still with us, and it's still we're still working hard on that. But in 2016, I imagine it was even worse.
1: It was. And when Travis realized um, at one point, um, he always thought he had control over um, his addictions um, or his disease. Um, But at some point he realized he didn't. And that was very hard for him because he was um, in in control all the time. Um, But he did not want people to know, family, friends or anybody really to know that he had an issue um, because of the stigma. And of course, when he died, there was the whole issue of the stigma, too. But I thank you and other foundations like yours and organizations who have done so much to address that stigma.
0: Well, we're working on it. We're working on it. And that is one thing I want to start talking about the song. I've listened to the song a couple of times, and I can't help but tear up uh, Remember Me. And it came about in such an amazing, unique way. And it and everybody kind of came together. You had these connections. Sally, your brother Frank is, you know, a composer and all of, and a pianist and all of these things. And then he knew, knows people in the industry. He knew he knows Eleanor. And but let's get to the start of it. So this is six months. This is still in twenty sixteen.
1: It's still in twenty sixteen. It's in uh, December. And I'm going to meet a friend in um, Disney. So I lived in Venice, Florida, and I was going to Orlando. And I'm sure you understand, Angela, that during this time period, you don't want to be alone much or in your head too much because it's a very tough time to be alone. And so it was my first time really alone in a car ride for, you know, two and a half, three hours. And it was tough um, to be with myself. So um, I was just driving And all of a sudden, um, I felt a presence. I felt words coming to me. And um, I always travel with food and stuff, so I had napkins next to me. And I can't even explain it until I realized that it was my son. Um, I cannot rhyme anything together, so I knew it wasn't
2: me. And he was giving me words. I started writing the words that you were saying On a napkin in my car I had to pull over I'll never get over Now that
1: you're gone I pulled over, as the song says, And I started writing the wrong words down on that napkin. And that is actually a picture of the napkin um, that we use in the song, in the video. And I just started scribbling words. And he was changing them and putting them back. And you can see in one of them, I'm making an arrow, move this here. And it was the best ride of my life. I mean, spending three hours in the car with him. I didn't even want to stop to have to go to the bathroom because I thought I would lose him. I came back and we got to talk even more. And he explained it. He explained his disease. He told me I lost him a long time ago.
0: Well, that lyric like that. that lyric by itself hit me and I think any parent or anybody who's had a loved one struggle from addiction because you I did feel like there was a point a couple of years before my daughter died where I felt like I've lost my daughter. Like she's mm-hmm. she's died, not I mean, she's still walking around but where is she? You know, she's not there. And I think almost anybody who's has, has had that experience, right? We lose them before we lose them. Yes.
1: They're actually gone, and you just can't get to them. Yeah. You're
2: gone for years before you went away. I tried so hard to reach you. You couldn't stay. But
1: during that time ride, he gave me all these words and they provided comfort for me. Um, I got to Florida and met a friend. I got to Disney met a friend and told her about the ride. And I thought <laughs> she would think I was crazy. <laughs> uh, but um, she was very open about my situation and what had happened the ride that I had. And um, when I drove back, um, I was hoping to reconnect with Travis, but it didn't happen. But I kept the napkins, and um, I guess it was, I don't even know the, the time frame after, but it wasn't too far after, that I got the same voice. And Travis was very persistent. I told you he was a good communicator. Well, he was a persistent person, too.
0: So um, he just kept saying, give these to your brother. Give these to your brother. Let Frank his be. uncle. His Uncle Frank. And Uncle Frank is with us, as I mentioned uncle at the Frank. beginning of this. And, and so when Sally contacted you... What she followed through with Travis's instruction, and it doesn't matter whether people believe this or not. It just doesn't matter, right? I mean, because this is your experience, what happened, and you are not a, a songwriter per se. These words just came through you, and so when you when you heard from um, Sally Frank, what did you think?
3: Uh, I was very surprised. I was very moved, you know, to uh, hear from her, you know, in this way, and to hear. Uh, the words uh, that she had uh, written me. I was, um, yeah, surprised and moved, I think would be the perfect description. Um,
0: Did you see it resulting in a song?
3: I really wasn't sure in the beginning. I mean, I think the very first read, you know, you're just kind of hit by the reality of, of of what actually took place and songwriting and all that are kind of far removed from from you know that that particular reality, as time went on, you start actually, uh, you know, when you just kind of calm down a little bit, and you start looking at the words, and you start seeing them uh, as potentially part of a song or something that uh, inspires a song in some way. Yeah, then I started hearing uh, hearing some things. Um, uh, remember me, fly high, fly free spread your wings, remember me, and you hear that, that sounds kind of melodic already. There's a, there's a meter to it already. You can kind of hear an underlying rhythm that's, that's there. Fly high. sent me something like this out of nowhere, I don't honestly don't know what I would do if I would do anything. There's lots of things and lots of musical ideas floating around. But when your sister sends you this and it's something, you know, a a loss that we all share, you give it more than just one look.
4: Right.
0: Well, and then you had this friend, Eleanor, who, by the way, has a gorgeous voice. I mean, just beautiful. So much richness in your voice and emotion that I can hear in the song how did how did you happen to approach Eleanor with it Frank
3: I don't remember it specifically but I, I do I, I, I do remember you know Sally and I talking and I'm thinking that uh, I've been working with Eleanor for at this point several years and we've written uh, some beautiful songs together and it always are the, the song is always better than either of our ideas when we get together something better happens and uh, you know given my personal relationship as a friend and a professional relationship as a musician uh, and kind of knowing where she comes from, what her sensibilities are. Uh, I thought, oh, this would be the perfect person to bring in uh, to this project. I think between the three of us, uh, we have all the bases covered. We have the experience, you know, the, the, the primary experience of Sally and the songwriting experience of Eleanor and, and of, like you say, her voice and her heart i figured we could we could really make something here um, so and i now- contacted her and luckily she she uh, you know you'll you'll ask her i'm sure but she seemed <laughs> open to the idea
0: did you like the song right away eleanor when you had a chance to read it
5: well i was so honored to be asked um, and like frank the the sort of heart of the, of the message, which was fly high, fly free, remember me just sings itself. It was very clear when we went through the language that that would easily be the chorus of the song. And I think that, um, yeah, it really sang itself and then telling the story around that became what, what we needed to do. That was our job, to tell the story around that story. Um, so, yeah, and Frank has a very, you know, spiritual connection to many things. Um, and I think that was also in the room. And so when, when I heard it, or when we started working on the musical part of it, those two things merged quickly. Um, that this was something that had to be connected to something deep and very personal, and it would be served by... Yeah, I think you know, served by something that that felt spiritual. Um, it was more than just a song. Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, this process has been really about Sally. Um, you know that it's it's such a it's such a gift to, to be able to um, be given the opportunity to help someone you know her put into another form something that is so important and and so she's so clear about what she wants to do with this song and what it means and I think we've talked about what it's meant for her and I, I don't remember Sally if we I think you maybe introduced this idea that you know there's sort of the five stages of grief and then there's the sixth stage and for me the opportunity to participate in this sixth stage which I guess one way of putting it is what do you do, you know, with your grief? How do you serve something larger than yourself with with what you've been through? And this was so clearly for her an opportunity, you know, she was so, it's so courageous to be able to take what she's been through and then want to offer it to other people in a form of healing so that we could be a part of that was amazing. And I've really learned over time with this song and, and other experiences, you know, when you put something to music and people can sing it, it's healing. Um, Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. And I do think that grief can lead to growth for sure, but I don't think either Sally or I could do that alone as grieving (laughs) moms. So it takes Frank and Eleanor's of the world, you know, to come forward because I've had the same experience, not about a song, but just about maybe an idea I had that this is how I want to do something with my daughter's death, or this is how I want to help people. And I've just had people kind of come around me and enable me to do that. Like I could have never done that on my own, which Sally couldn't have either.
3: No, An interesting process because on one hand, you have to have like half of you has to go back to where this all came from and find that. And then the other, if you will, half of you is a craftsperson and you your craft and your language happens to be musical and you're trying to find a way to create something from from that. And ultimately I think, you know, I, I I think Eleanor and I both, uh, as time went on, it became you know our song. It was it, it's 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 uh, it's deeply personal and specific where it came from. But sooner or later, you kind of find yourself in these songs and your own experiences in these songs. And uh, I think that's the beauty of any art form. But certainly with a song, if you if you dive down deep enough in yourself and you find the music that um, reflects that feeling that you have you're going to find everybody else there and everybody else will recognize that and and that is part of what you know we want with the song we want it of course to be born from the actual experience and something real uh that we all know the specific story and we're you're learning your audience is learning more about uh, and we know that there's Many, many, many people with this exact experience or with something that's not even not exactly the same experience, but they'll be able to have the the healing and the feeling and the catharsis that happens when a song touches you that deep.
0: That is the beauty of music. So, Sally, when you first heard this for the first time. (laughs) Well
1: but at first uh, Frankie sent me some music that went to some of the words and it was just amazing especially and it's still in there is the beginning where he's playing the piano so it was just him playing and he put it to the keyboards and he was playing and the you know fly high fly free spread your wings remember me um it just you know it's healing it helped me heal too And then he added it with Eleanor, and the two of them really worked on, you know, Eleanor sings it like this happened to her. And that was one of my concerns. If I could sing, I would sing it, but I can't. (laughs) Just like, I can't write. Um, So, but Eleanor sings it like it happened to her. And um, so it's through me, through her, that she's singing and that's how it feels.
2: You said I'm alive in your broken heart. Let my love lift you. Start a new start.
1: Fly high. When they started putting it together, we had a great experience because we went to Joe's Pub in New York City. And I flew into New York. And at that point, they did it live for the first time in front of me and um it was powerful um, the audience was um taken by it the reaction was amazing we did not know that some of the singers had similar um stories that all came out people in the audience we know one of every three people are affected by addiction right now and overdosing and um People really came to us and approached us. And it was at that point that we were just, we have to keep working on this and we have to then incorporate other instruments and more vocals. So it um, grew from that experience. Um, Eleanor and Frank, would you confirm that that kind of was the experience that grew the song even further?
3: Yes. uh, The um, feedback was uh, very positive before we heard uh, any words from the audience afterwards because it was at the end of the show basically Uh, uh, you could feel it when we were performing it and it was just Eleanor and I and a few backing vocals that the vocalists that uh, uh, contributed their talents uh, singers from the gospel church that uh, I play in every Sunday And, uh, you know, between Eleanor's voice, the song, the message of the song and a few gospel singers, it was, uh, it was, you you felt how powerful it was while we were performing it. And, and we say, okay, we know there's something real here, uh, but there's, but, but it's actually worked its way into the art of the song and this song needs to be, uh, developed even more. And so, yes, I would agree. I think there was that moment where like, okay, we're going to continue with this and, and not worry so much about what you might typically worry about when you're writing songs. We're, we're going to use, we're going to let this song do what this song does and give it its best chance to, to help as many people as possible.
0: You know, Eleanor, when Sally said, it was like, this happened to you, your voice when you're singing it, that's what I felt like. This is the singer singing this, 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 how do you, find that within yourself or how do you channel you know maybe Sally's emotions through a song
5: the bottom line is empathy um and I think I'm by nature an empathic person and that's why this project appeals to me so much also because um you know we are we are feeling for each other and I think uh you know and and that's where we want to get to with the song. And so there has to be a certain kind of connection. You know, I don't want to fake it. So, you know, I guess, you know, we want, I want the person hearing it to feel something, to feel. And that's not a, that's not a trick. I mean, it's something that has to be through the performance of the material. And I, you know, one thing I've been thinking is one of the unexpected gifts of this is how, you know that I've been able to get to know Sally because Frank and I have known each other for For several years, but um, now I, you know, Sally and I have met each other, and we've done this project in in a lot of different iterations. You know, from starting to work on it to performance to to the experience at Joe's Pub to the recording to you know now talking about it in the world. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's in there. That's how we wrote the song. I'll say also that's that's how we wrote it. it. It's it's me being able to. To, to be Sally for me. that's that was really the approach that we took. I remember at a certain point we were working on the lyrics and we got kind of stuck. And I thought, you know, I can't make this up. This is not my song. This is Sally's song. So we had, you know, we had another call with Sally to find more language for the song because this is us telling her story in a way that we can, but without Sally um as much as the song is a more universal message and meant for a wider audience, she is the, you know, the, the seed of this song and it, and it's her. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's wanting to do justice to her experience. I mean, you can't get deeper than this kind of an experience. And, um, I had to get to a place where I could, I'm so glad that she feels this way because it has to be that there's no, this is, you know, it's, it's, it has to be that. Sounds like everybody's heart is just
0: was just in the right place, you know, at the right time for this particular song. And I wonder what Travis would think of it. Has he made any more visits to you there, Sally, since all this happened? Or was that a one time thing?
1: Um, I had a few visits before it happened in my dreams, which I think most of us who have lost a loved one. um, We've had our dream visits and um, not as clear as this visit was. But we were able to release the song on his birthday. Um, And that would have been, I think, his 32nd birthday. And we were able to release the song. And um, it was just beautiful. And it was a real tribute to him on social media. And we got a great response that way. And I want to say, too, that um, Eleanor and Frankie, after Joe's pub, got other people involved, other musicians and more singers and Everybody just—I mean, if you see the video uh, that goes with the song, you can feel the heart that everybody put into this.
0: And I will include the video—a uh, link to the video on our on our website on the on this podcast page as well. So if people want to watch the video, they certainly can do that. What parents and loved ones struggle with so much when we lose someone like this is, you know, first of all, what was it all for? Like. I think we do a lot of like, why did this have to happen and and what was it all for? But also we miss their physical presence so much. We miss the physical presence of our loved one. And to me, this song gives hope that there's more than just, you know, this flesh and bones kind of thing. Uh, Was that intentional with the song?
1: And there is. And I think that was um, the couple times that Travis has come to me in my dreams. And this time, Um, And we always hope that they'll come back and visit. Um, The message was always that um, I'm not, I'm fine, mom. Um, The disease is gone. I'm good. Fly high, fly free, spread your wings, remember me. Um, With the conversation Travis and I had was about both of us. He wanted me to fly and I wanted him to fly. And so it worked both ways, the lyrics. Um, And that's what he was telling me, that I needed to just fly high, fly free. And I needed to just remember him. Remember him happy, remember him. uh, Now he is, he's free from this disease.
0: Frank, do do you hope that this song helps people find more compassion for those struggling with addiction and for families who have suffered, you know, from losing a loved one to overdose?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's when we finish the song. Uh, you know, there's a decision. We, there's many songs that we write over, and lots of music that we write. Uh, given this is what we do all day, um, uh, but like I said, this song meant a lot to all three of us. At this point, we felt like we've been on a bit of a journey just uh, producing this this, this song. And then the question is, what you know? What do you want to do with it? It could be another song on the shelf. It could be a song. And it gets a little bit of play, and and that's it. And you can feel good about that. There's nothing wrong with that. But we we said this song really is a, a wonderful uh, vehicle uh, that can be used. This is even more important than the song. Uh, it can reach a lot of people, like you said, and and help them through a tough time. They recognize their own situation. Uh, It can be about addiction. It could be about any loss. This has been a year of a lot of losses. Uh, You could argue any year is this way, but this year seems to be, you know, first and foremost in most of our minds and hearts. So any kind of relief that we can give by... Sharing this one experience and therefore representing everybody's experience, I think is a it's a wonder a, a wonderful way to go forward. And, and the reason why the three of us have, uh, you know, very consciously decided we're going to put some time and energy into getting this song out there. And if and if if that's what it does uh, for one person out there listening to this song or to countless people, then, then I think, uh, Travis would be happy. We would be happy. And, 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 uh, this is a good thing.
0: I think it's a great thing. And he wrote
1: a song.
3: (laughs) Finally listened to his mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and if you think of the comfort and joy, um, through his life and his death, you know, that the song will bring people because I think that that's, one of the most frustrating things and one of the things that I always say with the death of my own daughter, mm-hmm. that it seems so senseless. Like, what, what's the what's the point of this dumb death? You know, she shouldn't be dead. And, and so, by helping other people, whether that be through a charity or a podcast or a song, it takes that meaningless death and it does create meaning out of it.
1: Yes. And I know your daughter was ar- an artist.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the,
4: the visual painter. Her- yeah.
1: Yeah, so through her art, and you know, and your daughter knew and Travis knew that through music and art, sometimes you can touch more people than maybe you can, you know, other venues, but it just opens up the heart. And um, I think Eleanor and Frankie, I just can't thank them enough. And it's just an amazing song that came out of this. And it just touches the heart.
0: It certainly does. And we're going to let it touch your heart right now. We're going to end the podcast by playing the entire song we've you've heard a little bit of it up to this point but we're going to end it with the entire song remember me and thank you so much all of you for joining me today
1: thank Thank you thank
2: you thank you i started writing the words that you were saying on a napkin in my car I had to pull over. I'll never get over. Now that you're gone, you said I'm alive. This song is...
0: Thank you for joining me for this latest edition of Grieving Out Loud. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider giving a positive review. Wishing you faith, hope, and courage.